Are you offering your clients the experience they really want? Or are you offering them what you think they want? Join hosts Laura Gregg and David Partain from FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds as they talk with a variety of industry experts and advisors, just like you, about their latest industry research to help you develop the flexible mindset you need to rise above the crowd. Hello, and welcome to the Flexible Advisor Podcast. It's Laura Gregg, and I'm here again with my co-host, David Partain. How are you, David? Hi, Laura. I am doing well. And having been in sales and business development for uh, several years prior to my current role, I am so excited to speak with our guest today. I know. I am as well. And she's a familiar voice on this podcast. You know, when we were talking about bringing our guest back on, Susan Danzig, we're talking about while we're out talking with financial advisors, and I've, I've had the distinct honor of getting to do a lot of that this year. And uh, I just love the opportunity to talk with them about where they're having success, where they are struggling, and and really what's top of mind these days. And a topic that has kept coming up is on building personal brand and managing their firm's brand to create value over time. So it's very fitting that we have Susan Danzig back on the show today to help us better understand what advisors can do in terms of growing their brand throughout their career and the life of their firm. So as a business development coach, Susan helps her clients clarify and communicate their true value, determine their niche or niche to attract ideal clients and enhance their market value for growth or eventual sale of their business. Susan Danzig is a certified business development coach. She served on the national board for the Financial Planning Association, FPA, and uh, is a former president of the East Bay, California chapter of the FPA. Susan, we are thrilled to have you back on the Flexible Advisor. Well, thank you. It is a pleasure to be back with you all on the Flexible Advisor. Thank you for the opportunity to be here today. So, Susan, I think when you were here before, I mean, it was really, COVID was in full swing. And so this is a little bit different and it, it's actually a lot nicer not to have that going on. So as we spoke last time, but let's come back to help us wrap our heads around what a personal brand is and how it differs from say a corporate identity. Okay, great. That's a great question. And I have been working with advisors for a couple of decades on this realm. So I get real excited when mm. I have the opportunity to talk about this. Uh, and the distinction between a personal brand and a corporate brand really depends upon the size of the business. You know, if you have a larger organization with multiple financial advisors working with multiple target markets, let's say, the corporate identity or the corporate brand might be more inclusive, might be a broader message, uh, such as delivering wealth management services to the affluent, or it could simply be, you know, delivering wealth management services. And then with each of the advisors, depending upon their area of specialization, the firm might market the advisor's area's specific niche 
or area of specialization, dependent upon you know the brilliance that they have in house. Let's say the brain power and their expertise. Whereas, mm-hmm. let's say uh, we have a solopreneur where their business, their corporate brand, and their personal brand oftentimes are one and the same. And uh, one thing I'll say about the personal brand that's relevant to the larger organizations and the solopreneur is it's typically the advisor who's attracting and closing the business if they're organically attracting and growing the business. And so that has everything to do about that advisor, their background, the reason that they're connecting with this particular prospect. Are they focused uh, as one advisor that I'm aware of who uh, is a mountain biking enthusiast and he serves a high net worth clients, he oftentimes meet his prospects and his clients, you know, mountain biking. And so the mountain biking is a part of his personal brand, which supports him and relating to outdoor enthusiasts, as well as, of course, on a more micro level, the mountain bikers. And a personal brand could be a large, a little larger, such as the outdoor enthusiasts, comment to relate to people who enjoy the outdoors in general. And uh, it can also speak to marketing channels or different ways that they go about marketing to attract their ideal prospects, you know, on a micro level for the mountain biker, let's say, who wants to have, you know, attend mountain biking events, put on mountain biking events for their clients, for them to bring their friends. That's one micro level at connecting with both their personal brand to their target market and that target market's passions. So it really sounds like the personal brand is a really crucial piece. So how does a niche fit into that? And to what level is having a niche a necessity? But also like my, my personal brand or niche could be binging Netflix. Is that a, is that a legitimate niche? <laughs> I don't know that that's a legitimate mix because from what I understand, when, when we are binging on Netflix, there's actually something happen happening in terms of i think oxytocins where <laughs> we're getting more and more involved and into the vortex with netflix and all, all right. of a sudden a couple of days might go by and we finished a series right yeah. however <laughs> i'm not sure given the numbers of folks connecting on netflix that that would be a specific okay all right, Susan. Or target market. Um, <laughs> so it might be a little too broad per se, <laughs> because also in terms, even though I, I know you're joking, in terms of the the Netflix audience, uh, given it's relatively inexpensive to you know be a participant with Netflix, mm-hmm. it might not serve an advisor in actually attracting a specific level of client with a metric that speaks to high net worth, you know, yeah, <laughs> just a thought. <laughs> so going back to my original question, how does a niche fit into a person's personal brand and uh, to what level is having a niche? It sounds like it's a necessity. Yes. Uh, I, I say it is in terms of truly being able to refine and and present a a clear communication strategy about 
who you serve and what, what you provide for them. And so in terms of a, I say you need both, you know, for a personal brand, the opportunity to highlight ways in which you stand out in the marketplace and have people get a sense of who you are. And then in terms of your niche that you're focused on, that can speak to your area of uh, expertise in terms of where you focus your services for your target market. For instance, are you are your ideal clients asking you first, once you connect with them, are they saying, we really need to get a financial plan? We don't know what we have in place and where we need to go, you know, for instance. Or we just want somebody to manage all the investments. Are you leading with investment management? So mm -hmm. those are a couple of examples to speak to the you want the who and the what you're providing in your, you know, within the context of your personal brand. Yeah. And then as well, you mentioned corporate identity. In terms of identity, I think of that as actually the look and feel of a brand, meaning the way your logo looks, the colors on the stationery or on your website. And so identity is, is distinct in my opinion from your actual brand, which is the who you serve, what you provide and all the ways that you help your target market meet their ultimate needs. So Susan, we've been talking about personal brand and I realize we, we, we've been talking about this as, as if everybody knows what it is and how to build it. But I don't think most people really have a complete understanding. And it would be great if you could just share uh, a bit of insight on what advisory firms and teams and individual advisors should be thinking about in, in terms of that personal branding. Perfect. Okay. So it's different for a large firm versus a small practice or a solopreneur, let's say, from my perspective. In terms of building a corporate brand that has, let's say, 50 advisors in it, that are focused on delivering different areas of service, depending upon what they're delivering and who they're serving, uh, they might have a broader perspective on their brand. They might say, you know, that we're providing financial management. And some of them on their websites don't say for who at all. However, the pictures can give you the sense that it's for the affluent based upon the way the pictures look, the homes, perhaps vacation destinations, this type of thing. Uh, whereas for a small firm or a solopreneur, the personal brand is oftentimes what attracts the clients. And for instance, uh, in terms of their focus on who they serve, what they provide, but also what about them personally attracts those people. Uh, so such as their hobbies or where they're perhaps the, the stage of life they're in. I had one client who actually was a, an amazing pianist. And uh, so he, how he incorporated the piano playing into his brand was that he had 
you know, a picture of him playing the piano on his brochure, on his website. He would invite clients to invite their friends to have, you know, amazing parties where he was playing the piano during them. And he related the piano playing to the distinction of all the different ways he was able to serve them and help them reach their goals, for instance. We're in a large corporate environment they're going to get less into the details about the personal brand of the advisors. However, with that said, they're going to provide an umbrella of who they're serving and something they might say comprehensive financial services, or they, you know, they might have a, a slogan that speaks to what they do in a much broader sense. And they may have a very comprehensive way of serving all of their clients. And where the personal brand comes in there is for each of the advisors who's on the front line attracting clients organically, because as well, they might, they'll have their corporate brand. However, what I oftentimes help people do is distinguish their personal brand within the corporate brand in terms of their area of specialization and who specifically they're serving. For example, I worked with a nationwide firm. One of the advisors I was working with, she was focused on widows, on serving widows with financial planning. And, and this organization actually provided very comprehensive services all across the board. However, she became known in-house as the person specializing in serving widows. And so how that personal brand served her corporate-wide was when they were doing their client attraction marketing strategies, when they attracted a great prospect, they would refer it to this advisor. And then on the more local front, as she was networking, you know, in meetings uh, with professional referral sources, she would have a very clear communication strategy with regard to not only the firm and the qualities of her firm overall, however, specifically who the ideal clients were that she was looking to serve. So Susan, we, we know that brand is important and you have done a phenomenal job of kind of laying out all the, the nuances of it, big business, solopreneur, and so on. Is there like a, a specific stage in an, advisor, in an advisor's career where creating that strong and memorable personal brand is most important to be able to ignite business growth? Or is it just across the spectrum. I, you know, I, where I'm going with this in my head is I'm thinking of, you know, a lot of advisors we know, right, are in their 50s or older. At that stage in their career, have they already decided, well, I, I've, I've built my brand. I don't need to do much to retain it. I'm just going to continue as is. Is there one point or another in the life cycle of an advisor uh, that, that they should be most focused on that brand? And then how do they retain that brand? I would say, frankly, Laura, that at every stage of their career, an advisor should be taking stock of what their personal brand looks and sounds like as they communicate it and look at refining it. I have had clients at the very beginning of their career. Uh, one client I'm thinking about in particular, who was clear, 
he wanted to focus on doctors in the very beginning of starting his own practice. And as a result, he had his office situated in a hospital. He, he had contacts in the medical field. He was able to create a strong brand immediately, which attracted the doctors that he was looking to serve. Now, of course, others at the very beginning aren't sure who they want to serve. A little bit like starting out in college, some of us were undecided. Some of us were focused. We wanted to go engineer into engineering, right? Uh, and so if, you're, if a newer advisor is listening and you're in the undecided realm, it's okay to be more broad at first and really take stock and notice who you most enjoy serving combined with where you're able to focus and reach your own financial goals. And then, you know, a little later into the career, what I would say in terms of your personal brand as well, it's always good to continue to take stock, not only of the clients that you're serving and who you're most enjoying serving and really being clear about who you want to attract and serve going forward, but also as your own personal hobbies develop, per se, that can be a great way of connecting with people. When you have passion that you're bringing to some aspect of the conversation that you can share with others who might have the same passion, that's a great way to connect initially to have that same passion in common, of course. And then from there, once you have that person's attention, then they're more likely to just be open to hearing about what you have to say in terms of who you serve and, and how you deliver your services. And then from there, you want to have a clear message about your niche or what it is in particular, those ideal clients you're looking to serve are wanting. Uh, and then in terms of later stage in the career, what I would say is I'm currently working with a few folks from the Exit Planning Institute who are focused on business owners who are exiting uh, or selling their businesses uh, or in the middle of completing their succession plan to ultimately transition to retirement. And these financial advisors are focused on this group for the upside of being able to ultimately manage the cash or the income that comes from selling selling the business. So they've pivoted to a focus on business owners and providing exit planning expertise. Whether you're, you're noticing that you're attracting a different level of client or a different type of client, perhaps your expertise has been enhanced over time and there's an area where you're determining that you really enjoy diving a little deeper into the conversation and serving folks in a more specialized way, that's a good time to fine tune or refine your, your personal brand. Yeah, I think that's really interesting and important and probably not top of mind when you're planning your exit strategy or if you want to be acquired, what is the brand that that potential suitor is going to purchase and, and how strong is that brand in the market? That great comments. And yeah, one, one other comment I'll say along those lines in terms of exiting, uh, occasionally I come across people who 
have a very generic brand for lack of a better way to say that. And you'll see their website and it says they're a financial planner. However, there's no specificity with who they serve or what they provide. And if you're nearing retirement, let's say in five years or you know even seven years or less than that, it can be really helpful for others to really recognize you as a business that they might want to integrate into theirs if you have more specificity on who your clients are and how you're serving them from a niche or area specialization perspective. Wow, that is a great perspective. And I'm thinking about advisors who work for, say, big brand names. And so for all the advisors, say, at UBS or Morgan Stanley, is personal branding something the individual advisory team needs to be focused on? Or should they be content with the halo effect of the large firm's brand of which they are a member? What I would say in terms of the large macro brands of you know mm-hmm. UBS and Morgan Stanley is, of course, you want to highlight the the company brand and the personal branding is just as critical because when it comes down to it, the way we attract and retain clients is based upon the human connection of that ad, that advisor. And so the more refined your personal brand can be, it can support the connection with your prospect ultimately. So I encourage everybody to be really clear and succinct with their personal brand within the corporate brand. Susan, going back to niche again, I guess I can't keep off that topic today. Okay. Um, is, is you're helping your business is to, to help advisors grow their business, right? And sure. so it makes sense that the the example that you gave of the advisor who wanted to serve medical professionals had his office in the hospital or near the hospital makes a lot of sense. But assuming that that advisor grows by leaps and bounds and finds his or herself in a position where they want to acquire another RIA firm. And so all of a sudden, maybe they've got another group that's serving a different niche or a loosely related medical niche that isn't female surgeons or what it is, how do you help firms evolve their brand to take into account for their growth, either organic or through acquisition? And what does that look like? Well, how that can look is a number of different ways. First of all, the value of having a clear brand in terms of your target market, your niche, is also so that if you're you find yourself in the dating process per se to have somebody either buy your firm or merge with your firm or if you're looking to acquire it can be easier to find suitors per se of with similar target market area specialization if yours is clear and then let's say you know like you were talking about if for the advisor focused on serving surgeons, if they were to acquire a business that was focused on serving medical professionals, that would be an easy pivot to have more of a corporate brand of serving, providing services to medical professionals. 
And then within that context, they could have all of the different target markets, you know, that they were serving from surgeons to family medicine doctors, to nurses, to anyone within the medical profession umbrella. So that would make it easier. If you were, if you are, or you were in a position to acquire, let's say a business that's a little different target market, but that you would be serving with the same or similar services. So the area of expertise is the same. That could work as well uh, with just the different target markets. But if the process for serving clients is the same, it doesn't take your team or you off course necessarily. However, again, you would want to have a larger corporate brand fine tune it so that everybody could fit under that umbrella. And I have had clients then again, go micro just in the same way I spoke about with the medical professionals and then getting specific with the, you know, the surgeons, the doctors, the nurses, and everybody else in that umbrella, you know, you could do the same thing with professionals, with business owners. I've had people work with business owners and executives, you know, it's possible to, work the umbrella brand to serve the different target markets. So Susan, playing off of that, what is your niche and your ideal client? Okay. Well, my niche is business development coaching. And my target market are financial services professionals, predominantly financial advisors. So I work with mostly RIAs and some top producers in the wirehouses as well, as well as independents. Typically, the common denominator for my ideal client or our ideal clients, I have an associate coach as well, is our, our professionals with an entrepreneurial spirit, and they happen to be wearing the financial advisor hat. Got it. And typically, they help. They come to us because they help, want help growing their either their firm or their their practice. And so what we deliver is branding, marketing, client attraction, and sales strategies so that, you know, within the context of our specialization, there are different specific areas that we deliver depending on their needs for how they want to grow their practice or what's needed to grow their practice. Well, Susan, time flies when you're having fun. And thankfully, we've covered a lot of ground in this discussion about branding and the benefits it can reap for financial advisors. Before we close, can you give us a piece of practical advice for advisors who want to implement some of these ideas quickly? Absolutely. What I recommend is that as the conversation has been about niche and target market, I'd invite you to look and, and see how you're introducing your practice. Number one, what is it specifically that you're providing your ideal clients? And in terms of who you're serving, what is that target market that you're serving? Is it more broad, like business professionals, or is it more narrow, such as doctors? Mm -hmm. And if you can answer those questions, you're on the right track. If you need to take stock of who you serve, how you stand out, and your personal brand in terms of in terms of all of that and how you attract your clients, 
then I invite you to either reach out to me with any questions that you might have or do a little due diligence on all of these aspects so that you really have a strong opportunity to create a marketing strategy that sets you up to win with reaching your goals. Well, Susan, just as you offered great information last time, you have done it again, and it has been a real delight to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to be here with you all. If you're an advisor and would like to know more about Susan or learning more about her business development coaching for financial service professionals, just visit susandanzig.com, S-U-S-A-N-D-A-N-Z-I-G.com, or follow the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to The Flexible Advisor. We created this show for advisors to help them grow their business. If you like this podcast, consider subscribing and leaving us a five-star rating and most importantly, sharing our podcast with other advisors. For myself, Laura, and Susan, we want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us on today's episode of The Flexible Advisor. Thank you for listening to The Flexible Advisor podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds or Northern Trust. All investments involve risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider the FlexShares investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. This and other information is in the prospectus and a summary prospectus, copies of which may be obtained by visiting www.flexshares.com. Read the prospectus carefully before you invest. Foresight Fund Services, LLC Distributor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Although we attempt to keep the information complete and current, we do not warrant that the content herein is accurate, complete, or current. We make no commitment to update the content herein. It is your responsibility to verify any information before relying on it. The content of this podcast may include technical inaccuracies. We may make changes in the products and or services described herein at any time. We provide you this information with the understanding that we are not rendering accounting, legal, or tax advice. Please consult your legal or tax advisor concerning such matters.